When you think of the British Invasion, there's probably a handful of bands that just immediately come to mind. The Beatles, Rolling Stones, The Who, maybe the Zombies or, or the Animals. But coming on the heels of the British Invasion, there'd be a number of bands that would also have a, a massive influence on rock over the coming decades. And in this post, I'm going to cover two of those bands, Slade and Badfinger. In 1971, Slade would have their first number one hit with a song that essentially took 30 minutes to write called Cause I Love You. The success of Cause I Love You would open the door for some pretty significant opportunities, such as a multi-million dollar campaign that would include a television series, as well as a heavily promoted tour of the U.S., an opportunity they would actually turn down because it would require them to cancel already established commitments. And the last thing that they would want to do is to turn their back on the fans that had supported them up until this point. So it was a decision that initially seemed like it was going to work out okay for them because going into 1972, then they would have their second number one hit. In 1973 looked like it was going to be an incredibly strong year with back-to-back -back number one hits with Come On, Feel the Noise and Squeeze Me, Please Me. On July 4th, 1973, tragedy would strike the band when drummer Don Powell would be involved in a car accident that would result in the death of his girlfriend and leave him in a coma. And at this point, the future of the band was uncertain because Slade had decided that they would not continue on without their drummer. Miraculously, uh, having broken both ankles as well as five ribs, Don would actually recover and rejoin his band in New York 10 weeks later for the recording of Merry Christmas, Everybody, what would end up being their third number one hit of 1973. Oh, here it is. Merry Christmas, everybody's having fun. Now, 1974-1975 are kind of a mixed bag for Slade because on one hand, the opportunity opened up for them to create a film, Slade in Flame. And as part of building up some uh, excitement about the around the film, they would release a track called Far, Far Away in uh, 1974 that really received kind of a lukewarm reception. In 1975, when the film would be released, it got mixed reviews. The critics seemed to like it, but the fans 
who had become used to Slade's music being more uplifting, really didn't seem to respond to the film, which had more of a noir or kind of a depressing type topic within it. In addition, the main theme song within um, within the movie, How Does It Feel, never charted higher than 15 on the UK um, pop charts. However, Noah Gallagher of the band Oasis has cited, has cited that song as being, in his opinion, uh, one of the best songs written in the history of pop ever. pause here for a second to reflect back at the beginning of the post when I'd mentioned that early on they had some success, which actually opened up the opportunity for a multi-million dollar campaign, uh, which would actually include a heavily promoted tour of, a, of the U.S. And that may have been a decision when they turned it down that would come back to bite them. Because you see, up until this point, while Slade would have an enormous amount of a success on the charts, they were in every country around the world except for the United States. And by 1975, they were starting to become somewhat disillusioned with the lack of success that, the, that they were having in the States and decided to move to America to really focus on uh, trying to build a fan base there. They would go on tour with bands such as ZZ Top, Aerosmith, Ozzy Osbourne, and they would even release an album, Nobody's Fools, which, again, would, would receive a lukewarm reception from the U.S. market while at the same time alienating their U.K. fan base who felt like the band had really sold out. However, in 1983, 1984, they would finally have their breakthrough hit with the song Run Runaway, which would reach number 20 in the U.S. and also get fairly good airplay on TV. So talking about Slade, they're one of those bands whose story is, is, is kind of a dichotomy. I mean, on one hand, you're talking about an incredibly successful band that would have uh, hit the charts worldwide. In fact, in every market, but the one that they really wanted to achieve success in, which was America. They would go on to influence uh, a large number of bands. Their music would be covered by a very wide number of bands when you look at uh, genres from obviously Quiet Riot and Britney Fox to... Uh, the Spice Girls and James Blunt, uh, The Fix. I mean, it goes on and on. So they've been a very influential band. and But for whatever reason, it seems like the U.S. market really could never get a hold or, or really align with Slade. So this is where I want to ask you, were you a fan of Slade? If so, when did you become a fan? And do you have any theories as to, you know, why they just couldn't get the success in the U.S. market for themselves while watching other bands uh, cover their music with great success? Next up is the story of Badfinger, and the story of Badfinger is arguably one of the most tragic in rock, and often reminds me of a conversation I had when I was 19, 20 years old with Doug Figer of The Knack. As a young musician with aspirations, Doug was kind enough at the time to, to share with me some of the lessons he had learned within the industry, and one of them was what he referred to as a fundamental truth, which is there's the business of music and there's the art of music. And the two don't necessarily have to have anything to do with each other, meaning you could be the most talented musician in the world, and it doesn't mean anybody will ever hear your music. And likewise, you could sell a million records, or maybe in today's world, a million streams, and it doesn't mean that, that you'll see the money in a proportional way, which is part of the story of Badfinger.
Regardless of their skills as musicians or songwriters, Badfinger would actually be plagued by three core problems, all of which would be on the business side of the music, and the first being a marketing or brand problem. You see, their story actually starts in 1961 when they were a band called The Ivies. Now, over the course of the mid-1960s, the Ivies would actually begin building some success, having to open for acts such as the Spencer Davis Group, the Who, the Moody Blues, and even the Yardbirds. But in 1968, pending the release of Come and Get It, Apple Records felt that the Ivies name was, quote-unquote, too trite and may also create confusion with another act called the Ivy League. So taking inspiration from the Beatles song, Get By With A Little Help From My Friends, which the working title at the time was Bad Finger Boogie, they became Badfinger, and over the following few years would release a number of hits. So going back to an earlier statement I made that one of the challenges facing Badfinger was an identity problem. And in, in some aspects, it deals with the, the marketing story you tell about a band, but in other areas, maybe it's a production aspect. But what I'm referring to is there was a number of cases where Badfinger's music was either being compared to or mislabeled as being the Beatles. An example of this would be in 1970, Harry Nielsen was at a party where he heard a song playing in the background that he thought was the Beatles. Well, the next day he would spend time trying to go through the Beatles catalog looking for the song only to find out that it was actually a Badfinger song. Well, he would end up covering the song. It would become a number one hit for him in 1971, and it would be a number 16 hit on the country charts for T.G. Shepard in 1983. Air Supply and uh, Mariah Carey would cover it in the 1990s. It would end up being a number two hit for Mariah Carey. Now, 1970 is when the, the real seeds of tragedy would end up being planted because you see they would enter into a business management relationship with Stan Polly that year. Polly would go, in, go on to be accused of being financially fraudulent in a number of uh, artist and even non-artist related business dealings. And in the case of Badfinger, Stan would be responsible for executing a negotiation with Warner Brothers where he would receive a $250,000 advance, an advance that the band and Warner Brothers would, uh, would never be able to see. The Warner Brothers would end up suing Badfinger as well as dropping them from the label 
which really would result in the uh, financial destruction of the band. In 1975, uh, Pete Ham would end up committing suicide, blaming Stan Polly in a suicide note. And in 1983, Tom Evans would end up committing suicide following a heated argument dealing with the uh, with uh, financial payments related to the band. In 2020, Joey Mullen, the, the sole surviving member of Badfinger from those formidable years, would end up dropping his latest album, Be True to Yourself, and it's kind of hard not to look at the album cover, where you see him standing alone looking out at the ocean, and, and kind of think about the other members, the lost members of the, uh, the band, and the story that they endured. You know, over the years, I've often reflected back on that conversation I had with Doug Feiger, whose, whose phone number I still actually have in this old address book. And while I didn't pursue a career in, uh, in music as a musician, the advice he gave me, I've actually been able to apply in various aspects of my career, even outside of music. But when I think about what he was trying to tell me and how it can be applied within the context of music, I can't think of a better band than the story of Badfinger that really kind of drives home the point that he was trying to make, which is, there's the art of music and there's the business of music. And just because an artist is, is having success in one area doesn't mean they're experiencing success in the other. It's up to us as the fans to continue to recognize them, keep their story alive, and celebrate their contribution. So now this is the moment where I ask you to share with me your memories, your thoughts, your stories that are attached to the music of Slade and Badfinger.